Hi, and welcome to Nation State of Play. I'm your host, Brian Miller. On each episode of this podcast, we explore high-impact topics determining the future of our nation state. Our guest today is Vern Pearson, president of the California District Attorneys Association and the DA in El Dorado County. Vern joins us to discuss the recent rise in gun violence in California, a new law that is contributing to that violence, and how another DA's policies are making the situation much worse. I hope you'll listen to this important episode. Well, Vern, thanks so much for being here today. It's a pleasure to have you. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you. I know most people know CDAA, but for those of our few listeners who don't, could you tell them a little bit about your organization? Uh, well, CDAA is a, uh, it's been around for many years. Uh, it's an organization that represents uh, the elected district attorneys uh, throughout the state of California, as well as 3,500 prosecutors, um, including several hundred uh, deputy DAs in uh, LA County. Great. Uh, so let me just say up front to our listeners, I do represent CDAA. I'm proud to represent C- CDAA, uh, but I don't want there to be any confusion that I am unbiased on, on the topic we're going to talk about today. I am, I am not. I feel strongly that we're dealing with a really serious threat to public safety, and that's what we're here to talk about. So Vern, um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about a bill called AB3234 from last year and what that law did? Sure. And, and, and I would note just uh, because you you mentioned this in terms of the CDAA does does uh, a couple of the the biggest part of CDAA is really the training that we do for prosecutors the the many prosecutors uh, uh, the, the training for them uh, and then publications that we put out for them and a really small part of what we do is legislative advocacy uh, and this bill AB three two three four is is part of that there's a legislative ad advocacy bill. It was a bill that last year um, there was what's called a gut and amend. Uh, it was a, it, you know, what happens when bills are going through the legislative process and then somewhere along the process, suddenly the bill that was about one thing was was completely gutted and amended in this other language. Uh, we raised immediately very significant concerns about it. And uh, and we tried to, to, to get the bill get the legislature to realize what a bad bill it was and it was very poorly drafted. Um, and uh, we did the same thing with the governor and we got some degree of assurances that uh, they would fix the language in the bill. So it didn't have all the negative effects of what we were concerned about. So, but here's, here's what it does. So it basically says with very limited uh, uh, exceptions that uh, misdemeanors, misdemeanor crimes, that uh, someone is arrested for, that they can get diversion. And if they get diversion, what happens is that they're diverted for a period of time and then the case is dismissed as though it never happened. And uh, and, and that's something that I think DAs throughout the state of California support misdemeanor diversion, but not for every crime and not for crimes like uh, driving under the influence with priors, not for crimes like uh, bringing a loaded firearm into the Capitol or into a legislative office. Um, not for, we don't think you should get diversion, discharge of a firearms at an inhabited building. Uh, we, those types of things, you shouldn't get diversion. And, and I can go along, there's a list of it. Maybe we can attach to this. It, the list is uh, uh, a significant number of 45 different 
uh, uh, crimes that are misdemeanors, but they're they're the most serious misdemeanors. And e under each one of those misdemeanors, if you're convicted of them, you receive what's called a a uh, a firearms prohibition for ten years. So if you if you're convicted of illegally bringing a loaded firearm into the state capitol, <clears throat> you get convicted of that. For 10 years, you're not allowed to own, possess, or purchase a firearm in the state of California until AB 3234. Uh, uh, as a result of it, th those people that are arrested for that are eligible for diversion and might have their case dismissed and are not, and as a result, would not be uh, a prohibited person. It's, it's just unbelievable. And guns in schools would be a similar situation, right? Guns in schools, uh, it, it's... Uh, Selling or giving a firearm illegally to someone under the age of uh, 21, um, it, 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 uh, possession of a firearm in a mental health facility, uh, battery with serious bodily injury. Um, it, it just goes on and on and on. It's a, like I said, it's a very long list of uh, uh, offenses that under current law, you become a prohibited person and you're not allowed to own, possess, and firearms. So we're very troubled by that because the practical reality is. Uh, 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 most judges would never uh, permit someone to be diverted for those offenses, but it, it, it shouldn't be an option. It shouldn't even be a consideration that you could get received diversion for something like this. And so since this law passed, what we're seeing is that in, in, uh, in courtrooms throughout the state of California, uh, people who are defendants who are charged with those types of crimes are seeking diversion. So, uh, now, in the last few days, you've gotten into a little, we'll call it a contretemps with, with uh, George Gascon, the DA from, from Los Angeles, uh, because you complained about this law. So would you think what's, why this issue is coming back up? Well, we, we complained about it in, in the context of a, a, a specific legislator who voted in favor of it and uh, the concern about that and the concern that that uh, uh, crime, uh, violent crime, and um, uh, and shootings and homicides are up dramatically here in the state of California, and uh, and in particular in Los Angeles County, um, uh, murders are up 136 percent, shootings are up 265 percent, um, and uh, and George Gascon unquestionably is soft on gun crime. So he, he has, he's had his uh, uh, the new policies that he's issued. And uh, uh, one of them, one of the most significant ones uh, for this discussion is, says that the deputy DAs are not permitted to plead and prove a arming enhancement. An arming enhancement is essentially uh, where you are, uh, you're committing a felony and you are armed with a firearm. And, uh, it, it, I think it's important to take a step back and think about this whole thing. Uh, so Kimber Reynolds uh, in 1992, uh, walking down the street in Fresno, uh, two guys on a motorcycle tried to snatch her purse, you know, the classic purse snatch type situation. She resisted. Uh, one of the two pulled out a 357 and shot her dead. Um, her father, as a result of that, uh, what became a champion or changing the law here in California and trying to do something about crime. He pushed three strikes and then he pushed the one called 1020 life. 1020 life, you know, three strikes and people can argue about it. And I know there's been disagreements. People say it was, was too harsh and maybe they're right. 
but let's just focus on 1020 life 1020 life was a direct result of a uh, the recognition that someone who goes out and they're a purse snatcher they're gonna they're gonna steal something they uh, 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 if they don't have such a huge consequence to them from for arming themselves uh, uh, we know that they will arm themselves so they'll carry a gun so it, much like with with um, uh, Miss Reynolds uh, uh, it, it escalated and it escalated if the guy wasn't armed there's no question she wouldn't have been killed um, and so uh, that that arming problem uh, that that issue of arming uh, it serves as a deterrent by having a, a, this huge penalty as a result of it. So you fast forward to just this week, um, Lady Gaga, her uh, dog walkers doc walking down the street on, on Wednesday night and uh, two men approach him and seek to steal uh, uh, the three dogs. We don't know all the specific reasons. We don't know if it was a targeted because of whose dogs they were at this point. But what we do know is on surveillance camera, uh, Two men approach him, they try to steal the dogs, the guy fights him, and uh, uh, the dog watcher, watcher, watcher fights them. And one of them pulls out a gun and shoots him. Fortunately, he's still alive. He's in serious but critical condition at this point. So we brought up the point, and I'm pointing this out, is that when you, when you permit criminals to arm themselves and they do not fear the penalties for being armed, what happens? gun crimes go up. And in, in since the short period of time since George Gascon has been district attorney, shootings, uh, uh, gun, various gun crimes are up dramatically, as I was alluding to before, in Los Angeles County. And what's the right way to, to quantify the, that deterrent impact uh, that George has changed here? Because it's my understanding that if it matched the assailants in the Lady Gaga case, that those people can actually get up to 20 years less in prison as a result of George's policies. Is that right? Well, well, 1020 life says that the, the one of the, it's called an enhancement. It says that if you carry a firearm in the commission of, of a felony, you receive an additional 10 years. If you discharge the firearm in the commission of felony, you receive 20 years. If you uh, uh, commit, it, it cause serious bodily injury, like it did here, you re, you would receive 25 to life. So, Technically, uh, uh, the enhancement that's in question or that we're discussing, uh, he could, they, the, the shooter could receive uh, uh, 25 to life uh, based upon that enhancement for the bringing of the firearm and discharging it and causing death or serious bodily injury. But not under George's policies, correct? No, George, when he, one of the first things he issued was a, a policy directive prohibiting the filing of arming enhancements uh, in in Los Angeles County, and as I said, I, 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 you know it's a deterrent. And so I, I know that the reaction people say, "Oh, well, criminals don't know that that's what he's doing." Um, that's simply not the case. We we know there's a recent high-profile case of an individual in uh, seeking very serious offender, very dangerous person seeking to, to be transported to Los Angeles County because he wants to be resentenced and in hopes of getting his conviction reduced or his, his sentence reduced. And uh, uh, to the point that he leaves a voicemail message 
uh, at the LA County DA's office, uh, basically asking what does he have to do to get transported so he can be resentenced under the Gascon policies uh, or Gascon directives, I think is the term that he used, and that he's willing to assault a police officer in order to, to get the benefit of the resentencing. So we know, and I can give you a host of during, I'll give you another, a direct example. Uh, the, 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 the epidemic of unemployment insurance fraud here in California um, was spread like wildfire through our correctional facilities. We have uh, prisons and, and jails here in the state of California where as many as half of the inmates um, uh, have committed uh, uh, unemployment insurance fraud. And we know that the way, way that they found out was word of mouth inside the custody, inside of, uh, from other inmates with, that they're in custody with spreading the word and saying, uh, hey, this is really simple. It's really easy to do. We know it from jail calls, listening to them where they're saying things like, uh, hey, you need to do this. It's really easy. This is how you fill out the form. Uh, you got to do it for me. Everybody in here is getting paid. We need to get ours. That's an exact quote from them. Word of mouth. So Gascon's policies go into place. If you're a criminal, you know about his policies and you know the changes that he's instituting. So I think a, a lot of average listeners would listen to this description and, and be confused and say, well, wait a minute. I, you know, I thought it was the legislature's job to pass laws and I thought it was the executive branch's job to implement the laws, to enforce the laws. Um, it, it seems like George is sort of unilaterally changing laws that the legislature, whether you like them or not, the legislature passed these laws, right? I mean, isn't this a, a sort of gross um, just misuse of his actual powers? Well, you know, as a prosecutor and as elected district attorney, he has wide discretion on how to uh, enforce the law, but it's not unlimited. And as you allude to, uh, you know, we our responsibility is to enforce the law. And he is behaving as though that he's essentially a third world dictator and that uh, uh, the, none of the statutes, none of the initiatives on the books uh, apply to him. And now recently, a, uh, the Association of Deputy DAs in, in LA filed a lawsuit and the court sided with them. Uh, and it was one of the most pointed uh, parts of the discussion. There was an oral arguments on it and uh, the, uh, Mr. Gascon's lawyer said to the judge, um, well, elections matter and they have consequences. And the judge responded back, you're exactly right. And it, there was 2 million people in LA that voted for, um, uh, uh, for Mr. Gascon. And there was many times that number in the state of California that voted for the three strike statute. And right. there's a consequence of that. And it is on the books and you have an obligation to enforce it because it says you shall plead and prove uh, right. prior serious or violent felonies. It doesn't say you may, it says you shall. Correct. Correct. And so the judge, so, the great judge found that he was violating the law and ordered him to come into compliance with that. So, so let's get back to this recent dust up this week because I, I found this to be a really strange communication from George. He, he sent out this sort of diatribe ranting email about you guys complaining about your characterization of AB 3234, but then never once actually explains what's wrong with your characterization of it. So, I mean, you, you know, you, you've been debating this bill with, with people for a while now, and my understanding is you're trying to un, undo it. Do you hear anyone actually 
argue with you about what this law means? No, they don't. And they don't want to discuss what the law actually means. And, and I'll get it. You know, this, this is a, you know, I'm a, I've been a lawyer for 29 years. I've been a prosecutor the entire time. I get it. It's a little complicated and I don't, you know, what it actually means and how, what the effect of it is. And, uh, uh, but it, it, it's, yes, as, as you say, nobody says that we're wrong about it. I mean, he can say he can attack us and try to change the subject, but, but, our interpretation of the way we're explaining uh, uh, this statute and what its effects are, and then the fact is criminals are more criminals will be able to possess firearms as a result of the votes on that bill. Um, no one can dispute that because that's a fact. And it's, it's your goal to overturn this law in the legislature this year, is that fair? Well, uh, what, I, I don't think it was ever our intention to to uh, say uh, it, it's never been my intention and it's not our intention to say that uh, uh, certain misdemeanors, uh, certain misdemeanors, people commit misdemeanor crimes, that they shouldn't get diversion um, because we think that they should. In my county, we do, we do have and ha continue to do diversion for all sorts of different types of uh, misdemeanor crimes, but not all crimes, certain things like driving into the influence, driving into the influence with priors, was it bringing a firearm into the Capitol, uh, bringing a firearm onto a school campus, you should not be eligible for diversion for things like that. And you should be a prohibited person. You should not be allowed to own, possess, or purchase a firearm for 10 years. And so that's the point. I mean, I'd love to have anybody on the show to argue that point, to, to say why you should be able to get diversion for bringing a gun to the Capitol, for bringing a gun to the school, for repeat DUIs. No one's ever argued that on substance to you? Is, is that fair? No, they just ignore it. I, I called uh, uh, some of the gun advocacy groups when that we were trying to get it vetoed. And the reaction I got from them was, oh, no, that's not possible. And I said, well, you need to read the bill because it's in that's what the bill does. And uh, the, then we, we got back as well, we're, we're going to work with the administration to fix it. Um, uh, uh, and it needs to be fixed. It needs to be narrowed significantly so that these people are not allowed to possess firearms. So I think anybody who's watching the news even casually right now can see that crime is just spiraling in California and it's not just LA. I mean, we, we've seen like a huge spike in burglaries, home burglaries in San Francisco. That's I think the front page of the San Francisco Chronicle today. Um, you know, you know what what's going on in your opinion? I mean, you're at the you're at the forefront of this, and you know we've we've talked about the EDD issues a little bit, but maybe maybe get into that a little bit more because I'm you know I'm I'm really concerned that this EDD fraud money is funding and increasing gun violence on the streets. Well, it, it, there's a couple of things that are happening, and you know in the criminal justice system, there's there, there's always been this expression of a swinging pendulum. Uh, and I brought up uh, uh, Kimber Reynolds going back to 1992. Crime was very high then. Uh, and there was very tough on crime uh, laws that were passed as a result of that. And I think it's a fair statement to say maybe too tough and too lengthy of incarcerations. That's a fair statement. But now we've had this swing so far back the other way. And with uh, Mr. Gascon's policies that are I mean, frankly outrageous, uh, uh, outrageously soft on gun crime uh, and, and all crimes. 
uh, we've gone so far the other way that LA in particular is descending into chaos. I think that's the best way to put it. Uh, But then beyond that, uh, uh, during the, the course of the pandemic, I think there's part of the big significant rise in crime in the last year is correctly attributed to the lockdowns and to the consequences of the pandemic. I, I don't a pandemic. I don't think there's any argument in that. Um, uh, but at the same time, there is an enormous infusion of cash that has gone into these criminal enterprises throughout the state of California. So we know that uh, because of the the failures of the uh, EDD. Uh, let me back up for a second. So the unemployment development. Uh, department, they had an anti-fraud system that was in place in 2015, 2016, funded by the U.S. Department of Labor. Uh, EDD chose to turn it off, and then the pandemic occurs, and uh, what happens is huge numbers of claims are coming in, most of, many of them, most of them by people legitimately put out of work because of the pandemic. But what's estimated to be approximately 26 or 27% of all the claims are actually fraudulent. They're done by criminal enterprises, they're done by individual criminals, and they know that the system to prevent fraud is not in place and it is very easy to commit the fraud. So you had in the state of California, somewhere between uh, 11 and 31 billion, with a B, billion dollars that went uh, to fraud and they went to fraudulent claims. And we know that those are in the hands of criminals. And what we're seeing uh, increasingly is that that money is being used to purchase firearms, engage in human trafficking, or or purchase uh, controlled substances. It is probably one of the biggest, no, no, it's not probably, it is the single biggest taxpayer fraud uh, in the state of California history, perhaps in the United States history, and it's the biggest source of infusion of cash into criminal enterprises that perhaps that we've ever seen. It's just stunning. Um, it, it's and it's truly petrifying, given everything else we're dealing with right now, to be also witnessing this huge spike in crime. And and again, open invitation. We'd love to have uh, George come on. We'd love to have anybody come on to defend this bill that we've been talking about here today. That um, that just literally decriminalizes dozens of dangerous crimes throughout the state. Um, Vern, thank you so much for leading on this issue. If people want to read more about it, uh, what is CDA's website where they can find more out about this topic? Yeah, they just go to just, you can Google CDAA, the California District Attorneys Association, find more information on our website. Uh, uh, my, my own Facebook page, I have a post on this talking about uh, going back to 1992 and, uh, and up until this week. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so we appreciate anybody's feedback and, and interest in this. All right. Well, Vern, thanks so much for being on the show today to discuss this critically important topic. We're going to make sure the whole legislature gets this episode and works to limit the, the dangers from that bill last year, but pleasure having you today. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to Nation State of Play. Our producer is Hannah Miller. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. For more information, you can find us on Facebook at Nation State of Play.